0: If you have your Bibles or your Westover app and you would like to join us, we're in the Gospel of Mark, chapter number 5. We're in a series we've entitled Mark It Up. And the whole idea of Mark It Up means that when something's marked up, it goes to a higher value, a higher level. And I believe that looking at the life of Jesus, God wants to call and summons us to a higher level level, there is something God has for you. Today we're going to focus on this: unbearable. I want to speak on the subject of unbearable. Are you going through something right now that you think is unbearable? Has this time, as COVID as the shutdown, has as the change in the economy as, is, there, is it um, at a moment, it seems? unbearable to you? Hmm. I stopped by a McDonald's to get something to eat one day prior to COVID and I was in the line and they only had one cashier open and have you ever been in the line and you're thinking to yourself you have an internal conversation in your mind saying they need more help here you know what I'm talking about I, they only had one cashier open but you know I'm waiting and finally the lady in front of me she got her placed her order, she's waiting for it. So I step up to the counter and the one in only attendant there, I didn't say anything, she just looked at me and she said, I quit. She took off her robe, laid it down right there, her apron on and walked out of the store. One look at me, I, I don't know what it was about, I didn't even ask her, made no demand. I don't know what was going on. But at that moment she said, it's unbearable and she quit have you ever said I'm fed up have you ever said I can't take it anymore I have two brothers and a brother-in-law that have gone through divorce and I've sat with them and other families when they're in that turmoil in that moment and, and there's a look and there's a feeling and there's an atmosphere when when somebody said I just can't do it anymore The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, hope deferred makes the heart sick. If you ever get to the point you say, I I just don't have any more hope, acute disappointment. Now, disappointment is not simply having a sad feeling. You go to buy something and they're out at this time. No, disappointment, acute disappointment can literally sever us from our faith, our heart from our faith. We can be disappointed. Every one of us, God has an appointment, an assignment for you. And life can disappoint you. It was a Saturday, I received a phone call. On the other end, it was a pastor friend. I recognized his voice. He said, how are you doing, Jim? Fine. He said, I-, I need to see you right now. Oh, okay, what's up? He said, well, I'll tell you when to get there. So he named a parking lot and a strip center to meet at halfway between uh, here and the church he passed for some distance across town. He said, I'll meet you there at a certain time. I said, I'll be there. Had no idea what was going on. I drove there, pulled in the parking lot. Sure enough, his vehicle pulled up. He got out. And I noticed as he was walking towards me, he had a brown accordion envelope that you put things in, like a, with a flap over, it, and he's carrying it. As he approached, he just he just handed it to me. He said, "Inside there's all the stuff the church needs. It's the keys to the church." He said, "I quit." What? What's going on? Uh, what, what? Hold on a minute. That's more than I can absorb. Can, can I talk to you? Can, is there something going on? I said, no, my wife's already left. He said, We're, she, she's moved on. I already sent her on, and, and I'm quitting, and this is Saturday. Have you told your board? No, I haven't told the board. That the church doesn't know anything. I'm not going tomorrow. I'm quitting the ministry. I stepped in, talked to the board. The church was a year behind on its payments. The pressure, the disappointment. Preaching on the platform, speaking faith, and seeing discouraging circumstances week after week was so profound. He got to the moment he said, It's unbearable. You know, disappointment can can drive us to places and cause us to feel things that just don't seem normal. I would like to suggest to us disappointment is actually the conversation of God in our life. Disappointment is the conversation of God. When we are experiencing profound disappointment, here's what God is saying: I want something better for you. That status quo is no longer where God wants us to leave, live and abide. That God, the Holy Spirit, is summoning us to something better. Because dissatisfaction is really expressing from the heart. It's saying, life should be better. Now, there's two kinds of disappointment. There's passive and active disappointment. Passive disappointment is when we're disappointed and we don't do anything about it. We just just endure it. We, We normalize it. It's the person that's in their marriage, they're not satisfied, but they just decide to live with boredom. It's the person that has, has never really found their career path, but will just exist aimless just to get a paycheck and go on week after week and month after month and year after year. It's the person with passionless spirituality they go to church because they, they know they ought to, but there's not a desire. And, the, and, the, and they've lost the passion. But they just, they just exist. It's, it's the person that, that never reads Scripture and never lets God speak to their life. They're no interest in, in Scripture and the things of God, hearing from God, but will we'll say to God, God, you haven't been fair to me. They've fallen into passive disappointment. Is that you? Is there something in your life that you've just accepted, you've normalized? You said, this is what I'm destined to be and this is just the way it is and I can't change that? That's passive disappointment. Active disappointment is when we're we're going through something and we say to ourselves and we say within our heart, it just shouldn't be this way. I will do whatever it takes to change this. I, 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 I will change the status quo. I will, I will step out of this and I will do something different. It's, it, it's Psalm 84. It says, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns and even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart cries, my flesh cries out for the living God. He's saying, I don't like the way life is, but I refuse to accept it, And he's actively pursuing, God, do something in my life. Active disappointment. I believe the Holy Spirit is inspiring some of us to activate our faith during disappointment. If for you life is unbearable, then God has an alternative. With that in mind, I'm going to invite you to join me in the Gospel of Mark chapter number 5. We're going to look at the account of actually two miracles, two twin miracles miracles let me set the scene Jesus is in the city of Capernaum for those who have gone to the Holy Land with us we have been there before and I've done a teaching on these very verses at that location Jesus goes and there's a man who is the leader of the synagogue his name is Jairus and Jairus is going to say my daughter is gravely sick in fact she's getting close to death Jesus can you can you touch her? Jesus goes to, in journey to his house, and on the way, a woman with a bleeding condition. She, she pushes through the crowd, the, the, the mob, if you please, and she touches the hem of his garment. The tell of two touches. One is Jesus touching a girl and healing her, and a woman touching Jesus and being healed. Let's look at verse number 21 and following. When Jesus had again crossed over by the boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My daughter is dying. Please come put your hands on her so she may be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. I love that. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and the pressed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who, had a, who was subject to a ble- bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she left, and, excuse me, and left uh, her body and she was free from her suffering. Let's go down to verse 34. Jesus, he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. I would like to unpack a few thoughts for uh, those who are perhaps in or facing something you think is unbearable. And I'm going to give it to you in statements. I'm going to call them don't statements. Don't statements. The first one is, don't give up because God won't walk out on you. Don't give up because God will not walk out on you. It's the first miracle. Jesus goes to the house of the leader of the synagogue. His name is Jairus, and his daughter is gravely sick. In fact, by the time Jesus gets there, the Bible says she passes away, and Jesus will literally raise her up. The Bible will say in one version that her spirit would come back into her. And and the Scripture tells us in verse 23, he came to Jesus, Jairus did, and he pleaded earnestly. Sometimes passion gets the attention of God. Passion awakens our our, our faith. Passion awakens the the miraculous in our life. And the Bible says he pleaded earnestly with Jesus, so verse 24, so Jesus went with him. I like that. (laughs) So Jesus went with him. I think that's a lesson for all of us. Don't give up because God won't walk out on you. No matter what you're going through, God won't walk out on you. No matter what's happened, God won't walk out on you. No matter how bad it seems, God won't walk out on you. And I've discovered in life, God's lifeline is often discovered at the end of our rope. Have you ever been at the end of your rope? Have you ever been at the end of your rope financially? You say, God, I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. I don't know how my business is going to make At the end of your rope financially? Have you ever been at the end of your rope as a parent? You say, I don't know what else we can say to these kids. No, we tried to reason with them. I just cannot, I cannot get through this. Have you had a dilemma in the family, in the home? And you said, I have no idea what to do. I've said all I can say. There's not another sentence. There's not another story. There's not another emotion I can describe. I'm at the end of my my rope. And when we're at the end of our rope, we discover the lifeline of God. I want to share with you, hold on to the promise. Hold on to your faith. Hold on to your expectations. Hold on when people say give up. Hold on when you're confused. Hold on in misunderstanding. Hold on in discouragement. Hold on. When you have a setback in life, hold on when the rugs r- r- jerked out from underneath you. Hold on in that moment because God won't walk out on you. He earnestly plead, so Jesus went with him. <laughs> I'm glad to know God won't walk out on me. I may not know what's happening 90 days from now, 30 days from now, but I'll tell you one thing, God's not going to desert us and God's not going to walk out on us. Amen. I received an email from a family in the church just the other day. And they said, Pastor, our mother, 73 years of age, has been in the hospital for a month. You're already tracking with me. She's been on a ventilator, three weeks on a ventilator. Twice during that time, they had to shock her heart. Finally, the doctor said, There's no hope. There's there's nothing we can do. And they suggested a DNR, do not resuscitate, that she's at that moment. It's time to let her go. And they say, we begin to think, oh, I guess we begin to need to plan mama's funeral. We don't know what else to do. The doctor has given up. The doctor says there's no hope. Three weeks, no response. She can't come off the ventilator. She's not breathing on her own. But last Sunday, last Sunday, The son said, I I just got to be in church. I'm desperate. I don't know what else to do. This seems unbearable. I I don't have a solution. So he came to church last Sunday. He was sitting in this auditorium last Sunday, had a prayer moment. God, I need you. God, I cry out to you. God, don't abandon us during this moment. Let me tell you what's happened since last Sunday. She's come off of the ventilator. She's doing well. She's recovering, and they're anticipating her her, uh, being out of the hospital. Can I tell you, God steps in when everybody else gives up. At the end of my rope, I find God's lifeline to hold on to. And God will do the same for you. God will do the same for you. Don't quit, because Jesus will not walk out on you. Number two, I share with you, don't mistake the presence of suffering for the absence of God. Don't mistake the presence of suffering for the absence of God. Three times in the story in the Gospel of Mark, it uses the word suffering. She suffered many things of the physician. She was suffering in her condition and Jesus will say, you're free from your suffering. And sometimes when suffering comes, when, when problems surmount and it seems just, it comes on and it comes on and it stacks up, it seems like, God, where are you? God, do you hear me? You thought the same thing. Maybe you've not voiced it out loud, but you thought the same thing silently in the, at the, in the night season. And a moment of discouragement, when you're confounded by issues, here was a woman suffered a great deal. Twelve years of bleeding condition. Spent all she had. And the Bible said she grew worse. So what does she do? Fat kids, this is the picture on your color sheet. This, the image right there. That's the one on your color sheet. She's reaching forth to touch the hem of his garment. And the Bible says this in verse 24, that, that she approached Jesus and the crowd and the press around him. Did you ever notice that? The press around him. Nearly every version describes it and uses that word, the press. In other words, Jesus was here. There was no social distancing. <laughs> there were no barricades. There was no one pushing it back from every direction. They were, they were squashing in to be as close to Jesus, just to the point that you, you almost could not move, to the point that if somebody had fainted, they probably couldn't even fall, and they were, the crowd was so tight. I, I want you to think that, you're down on the river walk on Enduring Fiesta at the river parade. You know what I'm talking about. You're at Times Square on New Year's Eve. There's a crowd pressing in, the, the pressure from every direction. It's, it's almost indicative, almost describes life, doesn't it? Have you ever felt like that you've been pressed from all sides? You ever feel like you've just been pressured by everything Pressure by this and pressure by that. With that in mind. Someone wrote, pressed out of measure. Pressed to all length. Pressed so intensely it seems beyond strength. Pressed in the body. Pressed in the soul. Pressed in the mind till dark surges roll. Pressure by foe and pressure by friend. Pressure on pressure till life nearly ends. But... Pressed into knowing no helper but God. Pressed into loving his staff and his rod. Pressed into liberty where nothing clings. Pressed into faith for impossible things. Amen. Uh, Yes. The pressure, the the squeeze, the, the, the surmounting pressure. Know this. The presence of suffering does not mean the absence of God. God is with us. You see, miracles, miracles are found in excruciating moments. Yes. It's when things are at their worst, God's miracles show up. It's when there's no hope available. There's no, there's no help here. You've turned every direction you can and you can't find an answer. That's... That, that's when God shows up with his miracle working. Miracles are found in excruciating moments. It was C.S. Lewis that said, God God whispers in your pleasure, but he shouts in your pain. And when we're in the pain and we say, God, where are you? God is working. God is doing something. God is showing himself in our lives. I encourage you to find God right now. And the suffering you're going through and the, and the discomfort, the disappointment that you're experiencing, it has nothing to do with the absence of God. It has everything to do with the assignment of God in your life. God, God is going to take the disappointment and it's His conversation starter with you because when you say, God, I'm tired of this. God said, that's all right. I have something better for you. <laughs> I have something better for you. I'm going to do something better in your life. And right now during COVID, you know what we're doing? We're, li- we're living on fillers. That's right, fillers. Yeah. We, for some of us, this has been a time to binge watch on Netflix. It's all those series, dark Cursed, alone. No wonder we're depressed. That's the name of the series right now on on Netflix. Our kids have become masters at Xbox. And six months of COVID have erased four years of spiritual growth in our lives. Because we have fed on and we've, we've been consumed by, we've been immersed into everything else. And we've set God on the fringe. we set God in the back seat. And God is calling us to something better. Westover family, it was about a year ago. about, About a year ago. All the seats were filled. Balcony had people strewn across it. About a year ago we were in this auditorium and we sang the chorus together draw me close to you can I remind you what we said in this auditorium a year ago yes we lifted up our voices and we said draw me close to you never let me go I lay it all down again, just to hear you say, I'm your friend. That's what we said. In this auditorium, here's what we said to God. God, I'll lay aside anything to get closer to you. God, you have permission to interrupt me. That's what we sang. God, you have permission to take anything out of my hand. If it'll draw me close to you. If somehow these things are distracting me, if it'll bring me into fellowship and communion and make my relationship with God closer, God, you can have it. And God answered our prayer. But instead of getting closer to Him, we've been binge watched on Netflix, we've been distracted. We send our kids up to the TV room on online church because we don't want to contend with them so we can have a moment. And our kids have not been in a spiritual experience for five or six months. But yet we say, God, draw me close to you. We went on to say in that course, because nothing else can take your place to feel the warmth of your embrace. Help me find the way. Lord, bring me back to you. That's what we said a year ago. We said, God, you can have anything. I just want you. That's what that woman said. God, I tried everything else and it's not working and I'm desperate. And the Bible says she reached out to Jesus and the scripture says she came up behind him. Don't ever think God's passed you by. Don't ever think God's passed you by. She came up behind him. Jairus! Watching the life of his daughter suck away and she might be summoned to the silent city of the dead, he was so desperate, he pleaded earnestly, God, you've got to come to my house. Could that be your prayer today? God, you've got to come to my house. You've got to get in my house. And Jesus went with him. In just a moment, the worship team's going to come on the platform. And there's some of us that need to reconnect in a, in a way. We need, to, we, we need to affirm that. Draw me close to you, God. Never let me go. I'm going to lay it all down. Some of us feel like life is unbearable. Why? Because you've been trying to hold on to it and God at the same time. And it's more than you can bear. And I'm going to invite you just a moment and I'm going to go ahead and do this now congregation would you stand together with me and there's some of us as a moment of dedication and a moment of just surrender you, you need to step down to one of these socially distanced prayer points here some is going to be a prayer of consecration some is going to be a prayer of intensity God I i don't want to let you go god i I need to rediscover god I, i i have stuff it's unbearable and i want to cast my care upon the lord some of us we need to we need to reacquaint ourselves with being spirit filled it's been months and years since we prayed in the spirit and if that's you i'm going to invite you to come And the moment you come and stand on one of these yellow circles don't pray in English, don't pray in Spanish, begin to pray in the spirit, groanings that cannot be uttered. As the Bible talks, we have the privilege to do that as spirit-filled believers. I'm gonna invite you for that your moment. If that you? If there's something you're saying, God, I can't handle, I'm gonna invite you to come and just stand in one of these prayer points right now. We'll have pastors that'll be walking, walking in the aisle. If you want somebody to anoint you with oil, We will do that otherwise we will practice a touchless altar moment. If that's you, you come. Some of us we've lost our worship. We've lost our worship. We just we've lost the joy of worship. If that's you, you come. You come. Some of us have been living in the fringe with Jesus and life has jolted us. And we need to refocus and center our life on Jesus. If that's you, you come and you find a place. And we're going to worship. So for the rest of us, I'm going to invite you balcony and main floor. Set your Bible aside. Put your electronic device aside and just begin to worship. Would you do that? Oh, God. Oh, God, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord.